0: hello everybody welcome to the simple answers podcast on today's episode we're going to be joined with a very very special guest uh the president of the YesCalifornia.org cal exit movement uh marcus ruiz evans he's going to be joining us in just a few minutes and we're going to discuss the very real possibility of california forming uh their own sovereign nation and uh kind of leaving the united states uh, so join us for that. What do you guys think of that? Think it think I it's like good. It. I like it. Right? You like? I it. like
1: the idea.
2: California leaving? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we'll discuss it on the podcast.
0: Yeah, okay. I like, I like
1: the idea of just the state being able to decide its own course of navigation. Uh, I don't like the federal government having all that control over the uh, individual ships upon the sea, shall we say.
2: Huh. Yep. Being pro-state's rights and anti-bureaucracy and anti-high taxes. Sounds very conservative. Mm, sounds pretty conservative to me. I don't know. Yep. So no. uh,
0: we, were, we it was actually funny. <laughs> Remember the episode that we did on um, on legalizing pot? Yeah. And I brought in Cal Exit for literally ten minutes. We literally had a ten-minute, mostly joking and laughing and making fun of it conversation. Is that the one that yeah. didn't make it on air,
2: or no, no, no that that was no, that like two it. episodes ago. Was I? Oh. Did I drink a lot of whiskey? Or was you might have present. No, you were here. I was here. Yeah.
0: The one that didn't, didn't make, make it, it on air was when me and Mike were going at, at it once. over
1: uh, the comma.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Marcus actually uh, commented on that video on YouTube, found us on YouTube. So if, you, if you're if you watching YouTube, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. If you don't, go to YouTube, 1787 Media Network. Um, and uh, he commented, hey, contact me. I want to come on your podcast. So I did. It was actually on my birthday. It was like the best, weirdest birthday present I've ever had. I called Gerard at almost 11 o'clock at night. He thought I had lost a limb. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, and here we are. We're interviewing him today. So just so everybody knows, the the uh, the interview was pre-recorded. So uh, it went for a really long time. So I did end up splitting it into uh, two episodes. So stay tuned to next week for the conclusion, and um, you'll be able to see that right here on the YouTube channel. Um, So. I believe what's his contact? Yes, Inform or yes. dot org uh, is their uh, official dot um, com page and Facebook. Yeah, put all the
1: links in the uh, comments. I,
0: I absolutely will put all yeah. the links in in the comments below. Uh, yeah. Facebook dot com slash yescalifornia is where they're looking for you to go. Um, to uh to gain any information and they will be more than more than happy to talk to anybody who has any kind of questions or concerns and i want to i want to say that this is the first uh left leaning person that we have had as a guest on this show and it was an absolute pleasure to speak with him at least in yeah. my opinion i thought oh, we, we answered we we asked him some hard questions he answered them You know, to the best of his ability and was was totally respectful about our opinions and and his.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the Gerard thought you lost a limb thing. I never answer my phone on calls and this guy never calls me. So I was literally taking care of a patient and I answer my phone for him to just tell me that he got (laughs) some guy from California to talk on his podcast.
0: That's awesome. That was very exciting and yeah, I no, appreciate you doing that. I, I, had, I had the T V <laughs> off, that he's I was dead sleeping
2: dead or like an EMP hit. I the also States. I, I also
0: will admit that I was about twelve drinks in. Oh, but it doesn't matter.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when so. I see you know ten ten forty five at night and he's calling me, I'm like, oh God, somebody died.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, Jess finally threw him to the ringer.
0: That's I knew it was coming. It was a matter of time. Uh, He's looking for a place to stay. Yep, totally, totally. So I'm glad you guys had my back, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, guys, let's join the interview. Uh, to follow us on all social media, follow the links on the screen and in the comments below. Facebook.com/slash1787MediaNetwork. We're on SoundCloud. Search 1787 Media Network and uh, Twitter. It's at 1787 Media Net, I literally always forget that one because I never use it, and um, and then uh, the YouTube channel which you're watching. So hit that big red subscribe button. So guys, until next time, stay strong. There we go. All right, so uh, Marcus, uh, I just want to welcome you to the podcast, uh, Simple Answers. I know you found me. It was a, actually a very exciting birthday present for me, as you and I discussed the other day. Um, but for our listeners who haven't heard of you, um, yeah, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us about the movement um, and uh, and kind of your history and background.
3: Well, I'm with the CalExit Exit Movement. Uh, the CalExit Movement started in February 2014. It's been around for a couple of years. It gained a lot of attention and global recognition uh, as a viable political movement in November 2016 uh, when it was announced that Donald Trump had won, uh, America's choice to become the American president. Uh, since that time, we've grown to 44,000 members or a few members short of the California official California democratic party on social media. We have almost as many followers on social media and we've been able to cause enough of a, um, oh, uh, cause, cause celebre uh, here in California that we have. of Californians are for CalExit and 46 to 47.5, 46 to 47%, according to Reuters and Ipsos, January 2017, are not opposed to having this conversation. That was largely because of the work done by Yes California, which is the CalExit group that I'm with. I was recently promoted to president on July 4th, 2017, and have served as the president during that time. Um, I'm the main spokesperson but originally I created the idea in 2012 with my book, California's Next Century.
0: Very good, and were you, uh, have you always been a California resident or were you like an implant or?
3: Born and raised here in California, although that doesn't matter. Uh, many Californians are immigrants uh, from any country or from America. If you believe in California values and you love it here, you're a Californian. I. As someone born and raised here, I don't really believe in the litmus tests uh, set up to be able to be proud to be a Californian. That okay, others may. suggest.
0: Now, one of the things that you just said was uh, California values. I think every every state has their own specific culture. I mean, Iowa is different than New York, which is different than California. Um, but what in your what in your opinion is a California value that might be different from the rest of the, the United States?
3: Well we believe that California does have a, set, a culture that's different than America uh, culture. And yes, I'm sure you can find one person here or a percentage here or a pocket there who thinks a certain way. but in general, the overwhelming majority of Californians feel, about certain issues, certain ways. So they use the phrase California values. Largely what it means is a commitment to diversity and protecting minorities, um, a belief in climate change and a belief in being uh, stewards of our resources. Gotcha. We can get into more details, but roughly, that's what it entails. Right,
0: right. Anything to add, Kyle? You're looking at me.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I already have my questions for them. I'll save them. I just don't know when to interject. So
0: whenever you want, you okay. guys can interject whatever you want. Cause I didn't write down your questions. So if oh, one pops up, questions? no, I didn't write down your questions. All right. Hang on. I just wanted to know what they were. So I didn't repeat them. <laughs> Bring it. Let's do it. Um, one of the, one of the things that I did want to get into that, that I felt was, was the meat and potatoes of, uh, of your movement was, um, what is what is the purpose of the movement? I mean yes it's to form form your own country but why is the need there to be able to form your own country?
3: Uh, simply put it goes like this real quick you're a kid and you live at home with mom and dad and it was great you know for a long time. And then you turned 18 and 19 and you got your own job and you actually started making more money than mom or dad did with your job, but you're still living at mom and dad's home. And, you know, you like staying out until 2 a.m. and they don't like that. And you like having loud parties and they don't like that. And they're always on your case and they're saying, well, you don't get to have your party at two and you don't get to have this friend over and you don't get to have that. And one day, you know, you realize, hey, you're really cramping my style. I want to do certain things that you don't like doing. And I have to listen to your rules because I live here. Well, it turns out I have more money than you. And I can get a nicer house on my own and live all by my own rules. And financially, I don't need you to do that. So if I'm of a certain age and I clearly have certain preferences and I can financially do this, why would I not get my own house?
0: That, that is, under, I mean, that's concept. definitely understandable. Um, you know, I think that ties into, I know one of the things you said on a previous, uh, podcast that I was listening to you, uh, interview with was there's California is, what do you call it? A, um, uh, a donor state as you put it in that interview, um, can you elaborate on why you believe it's a donor state
3: uh so donor state is a term meaning um parts of america that pay more into the system than they get out so there's a couple states that continuously produce more money and pay more in in federal taxes um, per capita than other states and then there's about 25 to 35 states half to a majority of America that are taker states. They do not produce more than they take. They pay federal taxes, but they actually absorb more dollar value of goods and services from the federal government. The donor states are paying for that. Now, California is not the only donor state, there are others, but California is by far the largest donor state. It contributes vastly beyond what any other state does by leaps and bounds and orders of magnitude. Additionally, it's not okay to be a donor state if according to the federal government, you have, according to the federal government, the worst roads, schools, dams, seaports, airports, levies, and federal buildings. Why are you paying for 25 other states who the federal government says already has everything better than you to quote, continue to have things better than you? That's just plain dumb.
2: It sounds more like an argument for privatization of um, repairing the roads rather than exiting from the federal government to me. It seems like the issues with your roads and your infrastructure could be fixed by uh, private means rather than by trying to rely on the government for it. I mean, I understand you're putting a lot of money into the federal government system, but maybe we should evaluate. I mean, we all pay way too high of taxes. We live in New York. We know how it is over here, too. I feel like it's more of a tax problem than than a... uh, than a separation well, issue. The, well,
1: the, the problem that they're that having there, like like we have here, and and like we were saying something of like the donor state, the, the problem of being a donor state is the money that you would have if if you did have private entities, you know, doing road construction and, and, and whatnot, is those resources, the financial resources are, are taken away from you by the Fed. Uh, if you had that back, you could probably take care of it on your own. Uh, but the whole fiscal federalism thing where, you know, Oh, if you want your, you know, nice uh, chunk of change back from us when you got to do this for us. And it's, um, yeah, no, I, 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 I I get what he's saying, but it's yeah. If, if the money stayed with the state and not into the federal coffer, you would have those options available, but the way it
2: is now, if we can agree to lower Taxes tonight. If we can all unanimously agree on that, then I'll be happy.
0: Well, Agreed. there's. I was gonna Agreed. say. I, <laughs> <laughs> all right.
2: Good. And,
3: all right. I think that's it for me, boys. Uh, <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> but that, I mean,
3: that's why Cal-X is such a good idea is that yes, we're liberal. Yes, we are. But financially, CalExit was born from Republican values. I've always said this. People think because we stand up for social progressive causes that we are fiscally progressive and liberal, no. No, the CalExit movement said day one, do not take my tax money and waste my money. Not okay. Do not get in the way of my businesses trying to sell to customers overseas. California businesses have to wait 10 years for federal regulations to sell to somebody who wants to buy anything. And do not add extra bureaucracy. I mean, with CalExit, we can literally cut California income taxes in half, and have extra money to spend, and literally cut half, half of the bureaucracy gone overnight. Those are Republican ideas.
2: Yeah, conservatism doesn't sound too bad right now.
3: <laughs> and and it's funny. Uh, one of the things
0: that uh, I was I was gonna say, and, and it's very good that you brought this up, Marcus, because um, not very many people understand that point of view they go okay california wants to leave they want a socialized government whether it be a a, you know the the ridiculous term democratic socialism which isn't a thing um you know or (laughs) whatever you might want um people don't understand that like me personally i was going to say it, well, if you guys want socialism so well, why are you unhappy with the fact that poorer states are stealing your money? That's the essence of socialism. You should be happy. But it's it's a good point you pointed out. There are some conservative values in the root of this movement, um, which I think is something that people need to understand.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that because we can't really get California conservatives to acknowledge that. If you read newspapers out at 120 and San Diego or in the Central Valley, they won't bring up what I just said, ever. They'll just say, look at these crazy liberals.
1: Well, the sad thing is, is, uh, I think you're dealing more with Republicans than you are conservatives. Uh, I know, like we were just talking before the show, uh, you know, how you found it amazing that we would have someone who was transgender on. You know, oh, we're well, you're conservatives. You're, you're not supposed to like that. And It's like, no, we're conservatives. We we like everybody. You know, we want to hear everyone's point of view. You know, it, when you have the, you know, the, the the party Nazis that like to dig their heels in and toe that party <laughs> line no matter what it is. You know, you, you know, Trump could come out tomorrow and say the sky's you know black in the middle of the day, and you know everyone will get in lockstep and say, oh, yeah, he's right. Uh, those are the people you can't talk to. Uh, you, know, you you just can't change your mind.
0: And I think that happens on both sides, you know, it does. I mean, yeah. it's yes. not one or the other. Like, you know, the biggest thing I believe, you know, <laughs> you were fighting against as we spoke yesterday was misinformation. Um, you know, the on this side of the coast, Cal Exit is an idea. There is no information about it you hear about it and you're like, yeah, whatever. New York's been trying to do this, you know, split state thing for 20 years. It's a, it's a, you know, a unicorn in the field. Um, and then you actually learn about it, you know, but most people don't take the time to do that.
2: So Marcus, I have a question for you. If you don't mind, you've mentioned a few times that the Catholic movement is, um, is, you know, left wing or liberal, so my question is, if hypothetically CalEx came to fruition, do you think that a lot of right-wingers would move out and left-wingers would want to join the sovereign nation of California? And would you welcome anyone of any political ideology into your country, or is the point to keep people of the same value system that you believe that the majority of California holds in the country?
3: Well, for the future of California, uh, we, the point is is that the voters will decide. So the voters are going to determine what the final version looks like. I can tell you what the Calexus movement thinks and predicts. Okay. Um, but it's going to be up to the voters. So I could see what you're saying happening. It's possible. I personally, in the Calex movement, generally doesn't think it's going to happen uh, for a couple of reasons. California has been hardcore liberal for a long time. Longer than I've if been you alive. Are cons- mm-hmm. If you are if a conservative and you live here. You pretty much know this place is liberal and they're not going to do what you think. Right. And you've dealt with that for 10, 20, 30 years. Additionally, I do hear the newspaper articles talking about everyone's fleeing California. Well, the Legislative Analyst's Office showed that we actually had a higher rate of people leaving in the last decade and yet grew economically. So, yes, conservatives are leaving. Conservatives have always been leaving. Conservatives have left in higher numbers than they are now. We still grew economically, and everything still worked out. Do you think I think they're... if you really hate California, you would have already left. I think the amount of conservatives that will leave because California is becoming a nation will be small, simply because we're about as hardcore liberal as you can be, as yeah, far as conservatives are concerned. Conservative. If they so... really stick about it, they would have already taken off.
2: I could see some similarities between that and New York, but the only difference is, is that I love upstate New York and I love the people around here, but I absolutely despise the city and a lot of the ideologies that come from the city. Whereas with California, I feel like it's more of a widespread, like the whole state is kind of left-leaning, whereas in New York, it's no. like upstate is right-wing and downstate is left-wing. It, it Thank is. You. You, Thank
3: you.
2: Well,
1: th- there are there are parts of California where, you know, it's like cowboy country. Um You know, Carmel, (laughs) that that, that comes right to mind. You know, some of the the weirdy places out in the desert that uh, you just kind of drive through and just, you know, keep the windows up as you go by. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, I I guess my question along those lines would be what your plan would be to... How would would your politicians... uh, Let me try and rephrase this. Okay. the the ones we the ones you guys have now right right today uh, I think are doing you all a, a disservice I was just reading uh, some California stats and uh, I think the last one was 2017 and you, you guys had a deficit of like almost two billion dollars uh, for your budget and it's like if you do you know separate and become your own nation are you gonna clean house and get some fresh ideas in there and people that are gonna take a fresh look at things or is it going to be the same? party system where you know pretty much the same people probably just put a different letter next to their name and and you know get the votes
3: that's a good question Um, that's been asked a lot Uh, how much does California change when it becomes a nation when that happens and it becomes a a full-fledged sovereign government Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to change a whole lot I think that California already operates as a nation I think it already does a lot of things that the federal government does. For pretty much every single agency that there's a federal agency, there's already a California agency that just has extra bureaucracy on top of that. So it's not like when the federal government goes, we're not gonna know how to regulate things. We regulate things because we love regulation. Too much, Alex had said there's too much regulation. But while it's a negative in general, it becomes a positive. You know, if you're becoming a nation, you're going, well, what new government agencies do I need? Not many. So I think it's going to be a lot of the same, uh, policies moving forward. Can you remind me what, again, of the question? It was, uh, the specific.
1: yeah, the same politicians over and over again, you know, ca- holding their offices, you know, or some other political p- position that really haven't done you guys in California all that well. Um, uh, just from looking at the, the, the budget deficit you guys ran in 2017, you know, right. again, a lot it. of that has to do with, with some of the, 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 donor state stuff, but I mean, would you be looking to have fresh perspectives, new people, new faces? Hey, have you been a politician yes. before? Go out to pasture.
3: Yeah, sorry. That, that was it. There was a couple, uh, there was a few parts that. So we're going to be largely the same. However, the process of becoming a nation will be, uh gigantic psychologically you're not going to become a nation and just go that's eh, the same as yesterday psychologically that's going to be a huge thing californians will be questioning everything and wondering if they need to revise everything and if there's certain things they need to do that a nation does. i certainly see california finding out as a nation hey that attitude worked when you were part of a larger government now that you got to cover everything on your own you can't do that anymore much like when you move out and get your own apartment, you realize I got to wash dishes every night. I, Mom used to do it. Now now it's me or it's not going to get done. So I think there will be some things that they'll have to have a shift on, possibly with economics. Um, you do need to have a bit stronger economic profile in order to be justified having your own currency or nobody uses your currency and you don't have a strong economy. So California has been riding on the coattails of the U.S. dollar When it's independent, it'll have to think a lot harder about having a stronger financial portfolio in order to be able to continue to attract investment. Uh, Right now, it's the world's, it's called FDI1, Foreign Direct Investment 1. It's the number one most attractive place for investment anywhere in the world. But as a separate nation, we're going to have to step up our game to do that. I think in the realm of finances, which is what you suggested, California will change as far as it's, Uh, love of liberal causes? Probably not. And and to get at your point about the deficit, I do want to point out, yes, California has a deficit. Uh, Yes, there's a debt. However, the deficit's a credit card bill. You don't have to pay the whole thing off on one day. You have to make your payments. We have absolutely no issue making our annual payments on anything And when you look at our budget, we actually have a $9 billion surplus. So we are totally fine going into the future. That still means we have a debt and we have to pay it off, but we're able to pay all our bills. You know, When you own your home, that's a debt. When you own a car, that's a debt. People don't normally view, hey, I've got a car payment and I've got a house payment. I'm a horrible financial wreck. That doesn't normally follow. We view the debt the same way. And I want to point out, If having a deficit means you're not a strong candidate for being a country, then what does it say that America has a worse deficit than California? Maybe America shouldn't be a country then.
1: I've been screaming that for years. Uh, time we, to, we all have. Right. You, sure time to have a balance,
3: is, you sure this guy's time debating? to
0: have a balanced budget? You know, it, it's funny that you bring that up, Kyle, because the more and more that I spoke to Marcus, the more and more I thought he's a closet conservative and just doesn't want to admit it in California. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like the, the only thing he's mentioned so far is being pro diversity, which like I'm all about that, too. So. Right. That's just being pro human, really. Um. So, it I, I you said a lot of very interesting things, and I kind of want to unpack them, uh, one at a time. Uh, one of the things that I I just want you to elaborate on is how long do you think the process is going to take? To so you split the the United States government says okay. Um, you say, okay, we're now our own sovereign nation. How long do you think it's going to take to establish your own government? I mean, when we broke off from, uh, Britain in, you know, the American revolution, it was six years that we had, uh, under the articles of confederation. And then it took another two to build our constitution that we use now. So that was eight years between the end of the revolution and when we finally signed our, our lasting document. Do you think it's going to take that long or is it going to be like two months?
3: Uh, I'm going to go off the research that's been done on this. There's not many uh, peer article reviews on successful peaceful secession movements. Like Alex, it is dedicated to legal mechanisms and peaceful secession. But there was a study out of the University of Quebec um, last couple of years that looked at peaceful secession movements um, in the last 50 years. And what they said is that when your home country and the country that wants to become a new nation, both of those people recognize that the smaller nation wants to leave, it's about five years from when they all get the big idea, meaning that no, they really want to do this we need to negotiate and the reason they said that is because in democracies politicians have to do what the people want so no politician wants to be part of a bad deal every politician wants to be able to say I negotiated some super great deal and then run for office on that so looking at the election cycles what they said is usually democracies once it's realized that this is going to happen um, it's about five years of negotiation and that's simply because Politicians don't want to do a 10-year negotiation. They look bad. So they need results in two to four years so they can run again. For that reason alone, politicians in Democratic countries typically reach deals quickly.
0: Now, it, through this whole thing, it sounds like you're extremely confident going into uh, the the vote um, for the petition and ultimately the vote in, uh, what, 2020? Um, or 2021 uh, to to send it at least a proposal to Congress. Um, leg- legally, there is no reason why you can't, but it seems like um, you would have to do a constitutional amendment to be able to to leave the United States, which ultimately you means. To. Two like two thirds vote in Congress or two thirds vote as a proposal in the states, just to get it on the ballot out for ratification, and then you need an additional three fourths of the states to be able to do that. Do you like how? Why are you so confident that that would happen?
3: The amendment is a way to make this occur. Um, certainly, you can rewrite the Constitution to make it legal to secede. Um, that's available, and that threshold's there. That's very high. However, uh, the Constitution does not ban secession. It says nothing about secession. I encourage everybody to look and find the word secession in the Constitution or any of the Bill of Rights or amendments already. It ain't there. When something is not addressed clearly in the Constitution, the Constitution says, you have to go to the Supreme Court, unequivocally. There's no debate on that. So then it becomes, well, has the Supreme Court ever looked at the topic of secession? Yes, they did, after the Civil War. After the Civil War, the Supreme Court took up a case called Texas versus White, where they looked at the topic of secession. And they said, and this is often phrased in a way to trick people into thinking something that is not true. So you will see academic professors, we got the... um, Dean of the UC Berkeley Constitution Center is actively going around misleading people about this. And the federal government's Obama administration directly lied to the American public about this. Texas versus White says you cannot secede unilaterally. Can't grab your gun, shoot your way out. But you can secede through, quote, consent of the states, end quote. Consent of the states. Consent has never been defined. So no legal scholar can say what that threshold is. It could be as simple as 51%, or maybe it's two-thirds like the amendment. We don't know, and anybody saying is guessing, because it doesn't matter until the Supreme Court defines what consent means. The Supreme Court would actually have to look at the topic of succession and define that. The reason we think 51% is acceptable is because it only took a 51% vote of Congress to have California join. Why is it okay? That barely a majority of Congress said California can join America, but you need a higher threshold to leave? Who said that? What legal case is that in? It ain't found anywhere. I, when For it to, get, don't go ahead, to
1: even get to the Supreme Court, now you have the problem of the federal government has to agree to basically be sued. Um, so do you even think that they would entertain that idea at all?
3: California is a Jedi knight like Yoda (laughs) at causing lawsuits and figuring out how to get people to sue them. So if it comes down to can California figure out a way to sue somebody or get sued so that the case goes to the Supreme Court, yeah. Yeah, they can.
0: Gerard, Gerard, I have to butt in.
3: Yeah,
1: go ahead.
0: You do realize that the Ninth Circuit, is in California, right? They'll figure out a way. Uh, No, (laughs) the
1: the thing is, is the, the, the the federal government for for that, something of that magnitude, it's going to have to be, you know, California versus us or something, something to that effect. And the U S as we know, the federal government, you cannot just sue the federal government unless they say, sure. Yeah, you can sue us. They have to agree to be sued. Um, so, that I think would be like one of the biggest legal hangups in in order to get something like that in front of the Supreme Court. Um yeah, I, I
3: think I, California is already suing the federal government on 12 to 20 cases, and the Ninth Circuit Court has already backed up California on that.
1: And those are federal judges appointed by federal politicians.
3: Who act like Californians, yes.
2: That is a good point. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes. really quick. Um, would you feel like you're abandoning and hurting your fellow Americans, particularly blue voters like in New York or elsewhere, by leaving and uh, leaving them to maybe be subject to the middle of the country or the red states as far as presidential elections go? Uh,
3: no. No, we actually looked at this. This is a another um, fake news piece that liberals say about the Exit movement that, oh, every election will go to conservatives in Congress and the Senate and the presidency and it'll be Republican forever. Now I ask people who bring that up to me, have you actually ran the numbers? Uh, no, no, I, I just know it's true. Oh, because right. Yes California actually ran the numbers. And if you go to yescalifornia.org, you can look at our blog post where we looked up the effect on the Congress, Senate and the presidency. I wanna point out that California has not had an effect on an American election for the presidency since 1879. So that is just garbage that we're going to affect who wins the presidency. Never have in over a century ain't gonna do nothing. Now, when you look at the House of Representatives, there is some fluctuation there, but you also have to understand the way that votes work. If California left, those votes don't just go up in a grab bag, they get reapportioned. Right. And when you compare the major population states between liberal and conservative states, it goes back to an equal proportion of liberals versus conservatives. We found looking at the actual numbers, which no one has done, I want to repeat that. No one has actually looked at the numbers and published results other than the CalExit movement. I challenge anybody to produce their own numbers. We actually did. And we found Zero effect on Congress. Basically, it's still going to be the same battle that was before us.
0: And I just I want to butt in and add this because in preparation for this, I knew this was going to come up somewhere between the three of us. I have to agree with uh, Marcus. I ran the numbers. He um, did. I I did. I I talked to Gerard about this um, w- using Trump versus Hillary in the twenty sixteen election. Um, all. All a Democrat has to do is pull two of five swing states, and they still win.
2: That's what that's what I um that's what I read is that it kind of makes it rely on the swing states even more. Absolutely,
0: well. it one hundred percent does. Now, where where uh it does hurt is is Congress. Uh, you're gonna have to figure out how to get two senators out of something, uh, to equalize a hundred. Um, and you're also gonna either have to reapportion. I know how to. Well, you
2: just get rid of New York, and make him the 50, 50th state. When Cal- again, California I told this. I
0: told Marcus <laughs> last night, his movement is the beginning to upstate New York as the as the new 50th new Amsterdam, state. Damn baby. Um, <coughs> but so now or, he was, he- well, let me just finish. There's two ways to fix the the congressional. Uh, issue because you do lose 53 uh, representatives losing California (laughs) Um, you can either redistrict and reapportion or you have to actually amend uh, let me make sure that I get the name right when I looked it up Um, there's an act the apportionment act of 1911 which stated there has to be 435 members in congress in the house so if you amend that to 53 less, well, then you're fine. Um, So it would take an act to Congress no matter what. But it can be done.
3: So they just report
0: Right.
1: I think that would be the easiest way. Yeah, just redistrict to a a greater scale. I mean, there was a time when there wasn't 50
0: states. Absolutely. um, And at that (laughs) point, there weren't
3: cap on representatives and so you can't go above that so what they're going to do is just take the California one and spread it
0: out
3: Jared you had something
1: yeah so here's my question then because this is the I guess kind of kind of the big one how does this sit with the the alien and sedition acts Um, does that Mm -hmm. have any bearing I'm just wondering if that has any bearing on what you're talking about to Could somebody use that as an argument against the exit.
3: So, uh, good question. And thank you for having the courage to bring it up. Um, a <laughs> lot of people hint at that, but won't say it. So I'll just bring the whole thing out. I believe the question is getting at, are we committing treason or sedition given the federal laws that treason and sedition? Well, I'm proud to say that I looked into those things before I published my book in 2011. No, we are not. If we were trading weapons with a declared enemy of America or trading weapons with a military group actively fighting American soldiers or transferring sensitive national security information, then you're right, we should be locked up. But if all I'm doing is Talking and saying, hey, let's have a vote. And by the way, the vote is legally authorized by California law to have an initiative and a Supreme Court decision in Texas versus White to uh, ask for permission to leave. Then I'm following the Constitution. You know, treason and sedition get at you can't work with a declared enemy to violently overthrow the government. You can overthrow the government through elections. Bernie Sanders talked about a revolution and overthrowing the government. He meant vote everyone out and have such a radical change, it's effectively like a regime change. Totally legal, totally legal, totally fine within the vision of American law. It's in the so, declaration. yes, we're talking about a radical shift. We are completely legal Good. and we're doing nothing wrong. And I wanna say and thank you for bringing that up. Because a lot of people think that we are committing crimes. Uh, you know, we have a lot of supporters who will not go out in public and state that they support CalExit because they're sure that any minute Donald Trump is going to come and arrest them. No, I'm not exaggerating. They think the federal government's going to come and arrest them for treason and sedition. And I've told them, have you looked at the law? No, no, I'm sure. But it could happen. Yeah, the law doesn't say anything like that at all. Actually look at sedition and treason. It talks about violently overthrowing the government with physical force. Or sharing weapons and national security intelligence with a declared enemy. But that's not us.
1: No, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Absolutely.